your friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one, let's go. How about Leon Dreisaitl and Bo Horvat coming up on this all-star edition of Tim and Friends. At least the guests are all-stars. Co-host, an all-star. Host, February 2nd, 2023. I am Tim McGall, Jesse Rubinoff. With me, as always, so will be Arash Badani and Michael Grange as the Raptors rumor mill will not go away today. Friend of the show, Chris Haynes, suggesting that OG Ananobi wants a change of scenery. We've heard this before. And Jesse, yeah. as a firm believer in where there's smoke, you have to investigate for fire. It's starting to get pretty warm around yeah. OG Ananobi. Feels like it's one of those things where if it comes from one source, it's like, eh. Yep. Eh. Comes from multiple sources. Two. Heats up a little three, bit. Three. Yeah. The eyebrows go. Uh, Spocky? Yes, yeah, Spocky. Yeah, they, 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 oh, look at Jesse and his eyebrows. I don't know if anyone knows that you're, you have a particular set of skills. One of them is lifting an eyebrow with be the honest. best. Oh, look at that. That's the only skill. Oh, like that right there. Like this, this is a show that has a history with eyebrows. Let me be honest with yeah. you. We have had some of the best eyebrows and brow in the business, and you are holding up that end of the bar. Is that a right muscle? Now. I guess so. Strong eyebrow muscle. I don't think the eyebrow is the muscle. Mm, whatever, but whatever. Man. I, yeah. That's why we're here and not doctors, <laughs> kinesiologists. It's a big word. Well, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why we're here and not other places. Uh, we'll investigate whether or not there is smoke or fire with Michael Grange. Second hour, too sweet to be sad. I'm going to be honest with you. My opinion on the Toronto Raptors is changing by the moment. Oh, that's we'll very exciting. In first things first, oh, as I can't mentioned, wait. the All Star festivities have kicked off in South Florida. All Star Media Day today, Skills Comp tomorrow, All Star Game on Saturday. And thankfully, they have included us in the car wash. So, next couple of days, we have lined up Mitch Marner, his dog. Leon Dreisaitl and Bo Horvat joining the fray. Some good timing on the Bo, eh, Jesse? Extremely. Uh, he will join us a little bit later on in the show. You're going to want to stick around for that. It seemed like um, maybe a long couple days for Bo Horvat. <laughs> It'll get longer because he's got to join me. <laughs> Two hours of what we hope is edutainment coming your way, and it starts with what everyone's talking about in First Things First. So let's make it a winner. Stuart Skinner. Nice. Well, everyone's talking about the eyebrows now. Oh, are you getting uh, you getting buzzed up with not the really. eyebrows not on really. the old Twitter machine there? No, not really. You're a little distracted looking down. Everyone's talking about the eyebrows? Not really, no. I made that up. I don't see any. All right, uh, kind of fitting that today uh, on Groundhog Day, we're also talking about another Leafs loss to the Bruins. Zing. Hold on. Wait. Boston snapped their three-game losing streak with a 5-2 win at Scotiabank Arena last night. It was 2-1 heading into the third before the Bruins broke it open late. Did we learn anything about the Leafs last night? Nah, not really. <laughs> Maybe that it's hard to start seven straight games or play an eight in a row as a goaltender? Yeah, I mean, he was amazing in the first period. First period, very good. Like, amazing. Not very good. Amazing. Very good. Okay. Amazing. He was amazing. Okay, but that, the rest of the game. Yeah, you got to do it for three periods. Meh. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm not blaming them. You're allowed. No, yeah, you, of course. You played seven straight games. You played that well. You're, what, 15-2 and two at home now? Yeah, happens. Yeah, you're allowed to have that one. I think uh, I think A.J. Greer learned something about the Leafs. Don't yeah. fight Wayne Simmons. Yeah, but is that, like, yes. That was probably the most exciting part of the game, to be honest. Like, well, I mean, if you're a Bruins fan. Yeah, but is this getting old? Is what getting old? No, the fight. I'm saying the fight was. Is the Wayne's dressing Wayne Simmons just to fight a guy thing getting old? Well, they, they had words in Boston, right? But, yeah, but did they need more than just dressing him to play the Bruins? Because, like, yes, there were times when he was effective last night. But on the whole, is it I find necessary? it disrespectful even to have this conversation about a guy who was a legitimate well, sure. contributor on good teams and a really good player that he has been resigned to this spot and yet he's doing it because he wants to be a part of the team yeah. and he wants to earn his paycheck and he wants so I don't really give a bleep what he does when he comes onto the ice I mean them asking him to do that I don't think they asked him to do that last night I think he wanted to do that because he had words sure. with AJ Greer the last time when he had to go fight Nick Felino. but AJ Greer scored a goal uh, I don't know if you heard him say it after. He said, I couldn't say no. Mm -hmm. And maybe a little jacked up by scoring the goal. Yeah. Uh, but it was ill-advised in the end. No question about it. No question about it. There's, there's still there. You can feel uh, a little bit of the Leafs Bruins every time they play still. Like it, it does, while the game may be disappointed in some respect because it wasn't so competitive, I guess, in the third period, there was still that little buzz on the on the ice, at least. Oh yeah, there, there was definitely the a buzz before the game. There's definitely a buzz after the game, and the Bruins are as good as the Bruins are. Missing Matthews and having your goaltender not play that well. I think, like honestly, if you're asking me what we learned from that game last night, you, you got to zoom out into the bigger picture, into the stuff that we're looking at yeah, right now. Yeah. You know, the bees are now 13 points up in the buds. That's crazy. I think money puck suggests the odds of the Leafs facing the Lightning in the first round. Of like 98%. 90, like, 93.8. 90, yeah. 93.8? Yeah, I had 98.3. Either way. Yeah, might have been me. Either honest. way, those are high odds that those two teams will face off in the first round, even though there's 30 games left to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs and even more, 34 for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which means if you zoom out big picture, all you're asking about this Leafs team is, can they find a goalie to play at the right time? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, Samsonov has answered that. When healthy, Marie has answered that. But I don't know if you saw Nick Kiprios' column in the Toronto Star today, but Kipper was talking about if the Preds fall off, and there's a lot of if they fall offs, but... If the Preds fall off, UC Soros could be My available. Goodness. So Thatcher Demko last week and UC Soros this week. Well, he mentioned Thatcher Demko in the piece too, but there are some question marks around Thatcher Demko right now because you haven't seen him at his best in a while. You've seen UC Soros at his best. You've seen him do it when it matters most as well. Mm -hmm. So there's like some real intrigue surrounding the Toronto Maple Leafs, what they do moving forward, and other teams, if a guy like Saros and Demko are available at the deadline, like, that right there is juice. It's, uh, if I don't I'm, care if it's the Leafs yeah. or beyond. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, the Leafs aren't the only team that could use a goalie of that caliber, but in their particular situation, 
I think more and more by the day, if you know, the Matt Murray situation, like we said, you got to have one of them cooking at the right time. And if Samsonov falls off, having another option of that caliber would be extremely helpful, especially given who you're probably going to be playing in the first two rounds. Which comes at the expense of a Wayne Simmons that could play regularly, yeah. either a defenseman or you know, a forward. That's uh, that's what they're weighing right now in Toronto. It's crazy. They're going to add. Yeah. They got the money. Yeah. Uh, they don't play until February the 10th, and it's a soft schedule coming up. They don't play another playoff caliber opponent until February 24th. Yeah, it goes Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets, uh, Blackhawks, Canadians, Blackhawks. So that was sort of the last measuring stick, if you will, until the 24th, which is yeah. But that's the, we don't. It doesn't matter. Like none of this matters. Yeah. Money puck, 93.8. Is that what <laughs> yeah, it is? Right. Like none yeah. of it matters. You know what I'm? You know what I'm? Uh, honestly, last night. <laughs> And it was on a rival network, so this is full credit. Like, I was more impressed that Connor Bedard sold out the Saddle Dome. You were impressed by it. And then extended his point streak to 35 games than it was with basically anything else on the ice last night. He had his 44th goal of the season. That's in his 35-game point streak. The guy yeah, didn't score absurd. a point in his first game this year. He's gone 35 straight since with 89 points and 44 goals. <laughs> it's, so he can tie the WHL point streak record of 56 games if he gets 21 or at least a point in 21 more games. Next 21 games. Yeah, are we doing quick math here? Yeah. I was told there'd be no math, Jesse. <laughs> so that's, I why told that's why I tried to handle it, but I was very good at it. Let me put either. this in. We're going to talk to uh, Leon Dreisaitl a little later yeah. on. Leon Dreisaitl played for Prince Albert in the WHL, and he was just over 100 points. In this point streak, we're talking about 89 points. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl is one of the best players on planet Earth. The numbers don't make sense. Like, you, it's very hard to wrap your... Like, we, we deal with he this with McDavid. He sold out an NHL arena those in numbers the don't WHL. Make sense either. Yeah, that, 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 those don't make sense either. Where the Hitman average like 3,500, I read. Is that what you read? Yeah, I was actually yeah. trying to look it up. I, normally, they don't soil the lo- anything but no, the lower bowl. No, only the lower bowl. It's yeah. about 3,500 average. The teddy bear toss night was uh, the second highest um, in terms of attendance this season. Right. And then... I mean, can, you, can you blame anyone for no, no, wanting I to be in the building? Yeah, if it came to my city, yeah. I would be out there trying to get a look too. Yeah, without a doubt. Good for NHL revenues uh, next year, I'll tell you that. To basketball we go here on First Things First. That's a bit of a jump. What? <laughs> Good well, for yeah. NHL revenues well, depends next where he year. Lands. Are you already saying he's going to do this in the NHL? Yeah, probably. He'll sell <laughs> it a few rigs. Uh, the Raptors dropped another close one last night, losing 131-128. To the Jazz in Utah, and meanwhile, as Timmy alluded to, rumors continue to swirl around the team. Exactly one week from the trade deadline, OG Ananobi continues to be one of the hottest Play names the on the trade market. Play the clip. And earlier today, a friend of the show, Chris Haynes and Mark Stein, friends, discussed OG's future on their new podcast, This League Uncut. Listen up here. The Raptors are listening. They are um, taking in um, proposals, trying to gauge what they actually can get in return for Ananobi. I, I will say the New Orleans Pelicans are definitely high on them. New Orleans and Memphis are two teams that if they want to get in on Ananobi, they could either one of those teams could make a really compelling offer. And that's where there's some boxing out going in on at what what I mean by that. Let me explain the boxing out. Because you brought up Memphis. Memphis does not want New Orleans getting OG, and New Orleans does not want Memphis <laughs> getting OG. That 
is a fact. Okay, that is among the strongest that I have heard. That's holy statement, Batman. Do we do we have the other clip from that podcast? Yeah. I, I want to play one more clip because, listen, uh, remember a couple days ago when I heard the name Cam Johnson? Yeah, we talked about it. I, I thought about a little bit of a retool over a reload. And I'm not sure if you heard Brian Windhorst suggest that the Raptors were looking for young players as opposed to picks and talks mm-hmm. surrounding OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet. This all led me to believe that maybe Masai and Bobby were rethinking the way they would go about this. Not a complete restart, but a retool of the roster. Here's Chris Haynes again, and he's just asked flat out, and listen, whatever you think of all these reports, I I hope that you understand that we're just throwing them out there. You can do with them what you want. You can believe who you want. When we put it on the air, I'll tell you what I think of the reporter. Mark Stein and Chris Haynes are among the two best insiders in the game of basketball. Chris Haynes has been right a lot. Here's what he says. Do I think he's ultimately moved? I do. I do. Because I, I I think OG himself, off of what I'm hearing, he would like a change of scenery himself. With all that being said and everything that we've been hearing circulating out of Toronto leads me to believe that he he can be moved. And before, the only person I thought weeks ago that would be moved from Toronto was going to be, you know, the, the guy you touched on our last pod, Gary Trent Jr. And I, I, I do think it can be multiple guys moved this time around. Me too. I was in the, really? exact, I was in the exact same spot. Right, like yeah. I was, I thought it was just going to be Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, you did. And the Raptors move on. And the more I hear around OG Ananobi, the more smoke I smell in and around OG Ananobi, the more I feel like OG could get you the type of return that could allow you to retool and get picks. So I don't know if it's listen. Former uh, Tim and Sid intern, who now happens to work for the three-letter, Josh Lewenberg, said that the Raptors were close to acquiring DeAndre Ayton in a sign-and-trade last summer. Mm -hmm. Could there be, like, a package that makes the Suns better with OG and Fred going to Phoenix or OG and Fred going to New Orleans and helping them get like New Orleans is the Toronto of old right mm-hmm. like they can't get anyone there they can't keep anybody they've got to do it through trade and if they have a few pieces and a few draft picks same thing with the Memphis Grizzlies like say what you will we know they've had teams that have been feisty and competitive it's not as if they're bringing people into that franchise on free agent dollars mm-hmm. you've, you've got to do it through trade and right now the toronto raptors and, and to be fair the utah jazz have the most intriguing pieces out there if you want to get over the top and let me be honest with you i believe this is the year in the Western Conference, that if you want to get over the top, it's available there for you. The Grizzlies and the Pelicans, it's funny because the, the West is so tight, right? But the Pelicans, if they make a move of that magnitude where you're getting potentially two players that immediately make you significantly better, they're a threat. 
right. to come out of the West. Right. And like the Grizzlies the already are. Who's the favorite in the West right now? Denver? I don't know. Sure. Is Denver the best team in the West? Well, no, because they haven't proven it in, in the postseason before. Well, they've also never really been healthy in the postseason Correct, before. Correct, but, but still. Yeah, right? I may have sprinkled on Denver, but whatever. Yeah, okay, so I might fight you on that. But, but I'm, what I'm saying is it's wide open. What you're oh, saying totally. is it's wide open. Totally, and, and, and that's, why you should, that's why you should. Right. And that's it, why you accumulate picks for that exact reason. Right, and the way that it happens in the NBA is if you're not one of those massive franchises that can bring in the huge names, you've got to find your spot. And whether mm-hmm. it's like the Bucs did, the Bucs did, careful McAuliffe, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> And you get the superstar in the draft and then build around them. Or the way the Raptors did, where you strike when the iron's hot, when you have a good team, you surround them. I'm starting to feel like there are a bunch of teams who are convincing themselves that we may never get another shot. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started with OKC Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Yep. By a long time ago, I mean like a week ago. (laughs) And now we're at the spot where it's like, it's not just the Lakers or the Clippers. No. If you're the Grizz, if you're the Pelicans, this all makes sense. And when it makes sense, that's a road I'll walk. There's one more thing before we move on that I want to point out. Yes, let's let's if have the, the conversation. The Raptors, I love this conversation. The, yeah, I can tell this you. This is so intriguing. The Raptors make a move like that of that magnitude. Whatever, you get a lot of picks back. Obviously, it signals that there's some sort of rebuilding underway. But I think you can just look to the team that the Raptors played last night and show that it, it doesn't always have to mean that it's going to be extended pain for a very long time. Well, I don't like, know what the Jazz are doing. Yeah, I don't think the Jazz know what the Jazz are doing. But they have I think clearly, they fell into. I think they were trying to tank. They were trying felt, to rebuild. Yeah. They were in the midst of a rebuild, yeah. and you see that they now have pieces that they, I guess, think that they can build around. Like you had the Walker well, Kessler seven don't blocks. How the Rudy Gay affected this? Yeah, I mean, you saw him yesterday. The Toronto franchise, when they dealt Rudy Gay, they thought it was the beginning of a tank. And remember, Kyle Lowry was going out the door too. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they found something. So yes, things can change quickly. And the more I kind of gather information from all these kind of sources around the NBA, the more I wonder if the Raptors aren't going to try and do that again. Yeah, very, very just. I think I think exciting is the word if you're a Raptors fan. Obviously, it's going to be tough for a lot of fans to see some of these guys go if they do go. But nonetheless, that's drama, and that's what you, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I think Raptor fans. It's interesting. Like some have started to turn on Masai and Bobby. Yeah, and I don't know if they'll trust the process this time around right. as much as they would have, say, a year or two ago. But. Let me tell you, the franchise trusts the process yeah. that those two bring to the table. And I think it's going to be really interesting over the next couple of days. February 9th, of course, the deadline. Michael Grange is going to join us second yes. hour. Too sweet to be sour. Rashmi Danny will be here for that for conversation as well. So we'll see if he believes the same things that we do, or at least I do. Wonderful. Do you believe, did I change your mind in any way? I think, they, I think they're going to unload significant pieces, multiple. Huh. I, I do think so, yeah. Uh, I think that probably is the best thing moving forward for the organization, but again... Who am I? On to the must-be-nice portion of the show today. The girls, them sugar. The NHL's best and brightest have arrived in South Florida for All-Star Weekend. Today, players made appearances at the All-Star Beach Festival and were put through the paces at Media Day. Before things really ramp up tomorrow night. (laughs) (laughs) With the skills competition followed by the All-Star Game 3-on-3 tournament on Saturday, it was. What are you looking forward to most this weekend beyond this nice B-roll VO that we Not being there? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I feel like I need to block anyone that I see 
tweeting out pictures of things like that, given that we're going down to, what, minus Stop. 17 here in Toronto? Like, no, more than that. Tomorrow? 24, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Halifax is going to get hit with it tomorrow. Yeah. I think uh, Edmonton will warm up tomorrow, but right now around minus 14, like, this pisses me off. I'm going to be honest with you. Why is it always during, like, All-Star weekends that Toronto gets hammered with cold? Well, they were out having fun. I guess the Toronto one, when the NBA was here, that was when it was really, really cold. But they had to suffer through it. But now they're in Florida. Yeah, I, I, I listen. We're on across the country, so I'm very aware that there are other places in this country that are colder m- all most the time. time. Yeah. yeah, and whenever you say really cold in Toronto, you, you see me do this because of it. We're we're what no, minus thirteen agree, right now? Yeah, yeah, minus twenty three is cold. Minus twenty three. That's is cold. anywhere. That's cold anywhere. Yeah, no? cold anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but some people live through it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Just because you're soft like poor. I'm extremely soft. Yeah. I hate I'll I hate be out the watering the ODR. Well, aren't you impressive? Impressive specimen. So is there anything uh, else that you're looking forward to besides uh, watching or not watching, muting pictures of Florida? Yeah, all of it. I'll take it all in. I'll, it, it's, listen, it's for kids. We understand that, or at least I hope we understand it. All those who be and moan about these things uh, not being what they used to be, it's just because you're getting older. Take it easy, relax, enjoy it for what it is, and uh, maybe have some fun with the skills competition, even if there are things that we don't really understand or know. What, pitch and puck? Like, what the hell is that? I was just going to bring that up because I feel like that's really, if you're upset about the, just the shots of the beach and the, the water and the sun, like, add golf into the mix, too. That's really going to upset you. So can you explain, like, do you have any of the information on what the hell the yeah, pitch and puck so is? Yeah, so the pitch and puck is six players on a par four with an island green using both pucks and golf balls. That's pretty much, honestly, the extent of what they have given to us. And like the well, Pro Bowl situation, yesterday. yeah, there's there's a lot of um, confusion around what some of them are actually going to be like. So I'm excited to see it. I think they did that on purpose, frankly. Like, I think they want you to tune in to see what it's going to be like. They don't want to ruin it. Well, it's got to be something like what Thornton yeah. and Yandel are doing here. Yeah, yeah. which is awesome. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna... nice, nice kicks on Yandel. You see those? Yeah. This guy, Jordan Golf Cleats. Yeah. Uh, it's shocker that you would support those. Shocker. Anyways. What are you wearing, are you wearing today? You're matchy-matchy today? Yeah, I'm matchy-matchy today. Yeah. That's the least surprising thing I've heard all day. Uh, so are you excited by this? Or are I you am. one of those people who are like, Mah. No, I, I actually am. Um, and, and I think we're going to talk you like about... like my impression the, of those people? The, yeah. Mah. Uh, I, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl games as well a little bit later in the show during game time. Oh, okay. And I'll save it. They're going down a similar route where they're trying new things. And it's not super time-consuming. Like the, the Pro Bowl one is an hour and a half of TV. Like it's not that long. And they're trying to jam a bunch of cool different things in. So, yeah, why not? It's better than the game itself, especially in the NFL's case, no? But they don't have a game. They have flag football now. <laughs> yeah, they have flag. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Horvat and Drysaddle. Leon Drysaddle. Bo Horvat coming up at the top of the hour. Not bad. Uh, I guess it's the outside of the conference call or the Zoom that he had at, this is the first time we'll hear him speak? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. cool. All right, speaking of uh, golf, this week's PGA Tour stop is the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Oh, now I'm going to get more pissed off. Always one of the most fun weekends oh. of the year. It's particularly weak. It is a weak field of pros this That's year. That's not why I'm watching. There's definitely more star power coming from the amateurs. So why don't we take a look at how it went down. At the course. Listen, here's the music. You know, the music always gets me. That's Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, a three handicap, paired up with PGA Pro Keith Mitchell for a second straight year, par 5 11th, Allen. I mean, what, what can't this man do? Off the green, 
Nice little roll. Leaves them with a little bit of work left for par for you Bill's quarterback. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not great around the green, I gotta admit. Ensuing putt, Allen. Tiger impression goes down to his knees as he settles for bogey. Meanwhile, Wait a second, isn't Josh Allen not participating in the Pro That's right. Pro Bowl because of an injury? That's right. <laughs> looks, looks real injured on the golf course. Par 518, Scott Harrington. It's not, not a great spot to be. No. Uh, a handful of clubs deciding what to hit. I mean, when you can pull it off, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just that he barely gets that it back out. to play. Yeah, not great. All right. Uh, everybody loves Raven Star, Ray Romano. He's uh, a regular Ray Romano. At this event. Uh, look at me. Looking better than me. My yeah. kid pooped his pants. On the green. I'm Ray Romano. Over the cart path, on the green. Now, this is recently retired Gareth Bale from the cart path. You kidding me? All this guy does is play golf. I know. Retirement, that's usually what, what people do these days. The par 4 fourth. Ryan Palmer, veteran. Of the PGA Tour, shot of the day from Spyglass Hill. Say that ten times. Spyglass. His approach on the green into the Cup for Eagle, as yeah, I don't cool off or soak up the sun. Uh, Hank Laboida, minus eight. Your Chad boy. Ramey. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Is, well, I said that. Laboy. Yeah, Laboy. Your boy. Yeah, nice. Laboy. I said that the the pros there it was nothing to write home about, but still, they're pros. We're not. So there you go. It's it's welcome to the PGA Tour in 2023. That's what it's going to be. Like no, we, it's we're not. oh yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it's majors and nothing else. Like no. there are like four. If they're not going to Pebble Beach, Jesse, where are they going? This is one of the best. That's like one of the signature tour stops on the entire tour, is it not? It is, but it's also that's a bucket list for half the people it's, out there. It's February second. I and, get it. And a lot of times they take some. Th it's not a very long off season. It's like literally two weeks. Understood. And sometimes guys ramp it up by choosing being very selective early in the year. They're going to ramp it up in the next month or so because the Masters is coming pretty soon. Hey, thank Got golf. Got the alarm clock guy. going. Hey, yeah. thank, hey, thank golf. It's Friday, guy. Do they usually struggle to get people to Pebble Beach? Usually not, but I don't think it's as good of a, of a field as you're thinking. Usually, it's Bill Murray. He usually just uh, gets the viewers. And Ray Romano. And Ray Romano. Didn't like Romano or Romano. Romano? I don't care. <laughs> Still to come, Marash Madani in studio, hour number two, my dad's favorite show. Really? Yeah, everybody you loves Raymond. You don't Raymond. love Raymond? I don't, I don't mind Raymond. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's always, not everybody it does. was always the same thing. It's not everybody oh, minds Raymond. My kid pussy. <laughs> Raymond. Ray, hey, Ray. Look at me. I'm a big that's police a really officer. Good that's, that's quite good. Very impressive. You didn't like my Raymond. Pretty, Romano. pretty good. Mike Grange going to join us. What are the Raptors doing? Has he changed his mind? He talked to OG Ananobi. Plus, a couple of NHL All-Stars from NHL All-Star Media Day. Bo Horvat will join us to discuss his trade to the New York Islanders, how he found out, and how long it's been over the last 48 hours for Bo Horvat. But after the break, Leon Dreisaitl on another great season in Edmonton and what he's looking forward to this weekend. Tim and Fred. Hey, let's go. Where are you, Brad? Hey, Brad. I'm over here, Raven. The late man, Forbert scores. Short-handed goal. Another chance in front. And Saka doubles down. A 5-2 Boston. 40 goals better than the team in the NHL. It's a significant gap between them and the rest of the league. And that's going to do it. Raptors are going to fall to two and three on this road trip. Seven games under 500 with the trade deadline looming. Here he goes. Center stage. 17,000 plus looking on for Connor Bedard. And he scores. And it's Connor Bedard with a 
shootout winner tonight. Settles moving that big frame. Forget about it. It's pretty hard to stop. Big hit, Drysaddle. Literally bulldozes him over. Leon Drysaddle's been building his game. Look out, Drysaddle dangling back, and he scores a beauty. It's tipped in by Drysaddle. He goes between the legs on that one. The points are something. The goals are incredible. Yeah, I'll just talk with the team's success. It's not about me. Leon Drysaddle is the unicorn in the National yeah. Hockey League. Uh, the personal success I know for Leon Drysaddle comes second to me. Drysaddle looking for victory. McDavid back to Drysaddle. That's it. Game over. In overtime. As mentioned, it is All-Star Media Day. A massive humanity sometimes compared to a car wash for athletes. Guys roll through and talk to jabronis like me, but it's really for you, the fans. And the Oilers' Leon Drysaddle has been kind enough to stop by our beachside setup. Leon, thank you very much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Uh, anytime. Listen, I know this ain't your first rodeo. I don't know how many of them have been by the beach. Number four for you. Is this weekend still fun for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, this this one's obviously very special, very different, um, but very very exciting. It's always uh, it's always fun being around other guys that you you, you go up against and and compete against and and um, you know want to beat on a daily basis. But um, you know you, you get to see the other side of, of them um, or, or all of us letting our guards down a little bit and, and just having fun and, and here for a good time. So um, always always a great weekend. Awesome. I've always been told that the first time is always the most special, which I guess is true in many aspects of life. But now that you're on a couple, is there a memory that <laughs> sticks out to you, a story that the kid who grew up in Cologne watching his dad play hockey wouldn't have believed that he would experience in his life? Like, do you have any of those moments that are kind of stored in the back of the brain that you'll remember when you're older? Uh, I think there's a lot of them. Um, I think the first one, like you said, is always very special. Um, it's, uh, you know, being, being in the dresser, dressing room with a lot of guys that, um, you know, you, you remember playing Xbox with or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then you're, you're one of, one of them. So, um, it's always, always special. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a great, great weekend. Um, the NHL does a fantastic job of, of putting this all together and, uh, making every everyone feel very comfortable and 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 uh, you know at home. So uh, very very honored and, and and a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So we saw a picture uh, from Turks and Caicos pop up in that damn social media thing. Like you you didn't have to come from Turks to this media day, did you? Uh, we we did come from Turks <laughs> to this media day. Yeah, can't you tell? Look at my. Yeah, yeah. A little rouge. Sunburn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little a little touch. <laughs> so well, I saw, uh, I saw the yeah, picture. Yeah, no, we, we, we had a nice little. Go ahead. Don't let me interrupt. <laughs> Sorry. No, we, we had a nice little vacation. Um, it was it was great and obviously now ready and, and excited for this weekend. I, I saw it was you and Connor, and this is what I was interrupting with. I mean, you guys spend a lot of time together around the rink, and yet you still have patience to hit the beach together in Turks? Yeah, yeah, we do, which is crazy to think. Um, <laughs> but, 
no, obviously, uh, we were kind of on, on, on the same schedule here um, right. for the next for the next week or so. So uh, it just made made too much sense. And um, yeah, it was it was a great couple of days. We had a great time. And um, now we're ready for the All-Star weekend. We're not going to see like a Step Brothers like movie starring Leon and Connor, are we? No, I don't think so. Not yet. Maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> but there's got to be some of that, that 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 carries over to the ice. Like, just that chemistry, that willingness to be around guys. Like, th there's something there's something to that chemistry, no? Uh, yeah, I think it, it, it definitely helps. Um, you know, we, we enjoy spending time together. Um, our girlfriends are obviously uh, very, very tight. So, um, yeah, we spend a lot of... A lot of time together off the ice, a lot of time together on the ice as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's a good, um, very very good guy to to have around. So, um, excited to 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 have these days and this week with him. So, you guys have been there before, you and Connor. Nice to have Stuart Skinner there with you. Yeah, amazing. Um, you know, Stewie Stewie has worked so hard for for what he's accomplished in his career and and. Um, he's he's just such a um, you know hardworking, uh, grounded kid that um, you know does everything right. Um, you know supports his uh, his goalie partner. You know, um, just I think we're all very excited, very happy for him to experience this, and I don't think it'll be his last uh, All Star game. Is there a guy that worries you in games like this, like the guy who doesn't let up in the no hitters? Or just has the kind of skills to make you look silly. Like maybe I'm projecting because I suck and you're one of the best in the absolute world. But is there like any anxiety to playing in games like this? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe more so the the skills competition. Right. Um, you know, if you go four for 24 um, <laughs> in the shooting accuracy, that might be a little a little off, but. <laughs> Uh, the game, I mean, you're you're just trying to go with the flow, and I think everyone's just kind of trying to enjoy themselves, have a good time, um, but also obviously trying to win. Um, so, yeah, not not too much not too much anxiety, just a lot of fun, and trying not to get embarrassed. Let me get a hockey question in here before I let you go. Uh, you guys are, are you're second in the league in scoring. You guys seven zero and one clip in the last eight. I think it's ten three and two since Christmas. Is it starting to feel like you guys have found a groove here, and and maybe some of what will be the key down the stretch into the games that matter most? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we had a very uh, rocky start, obviously, to the to the season. The first couple of months didn't go the way that we had hoped and planned. Um, so, uh, yeah, lately we, we we've been finding our game, and, and and guys have been contributing, and and it's been more having the feeling like that that we had last year um, for for a lot of a lot of the year, and and that's obviously a great feeling to have within the room that you can beat any team, you can get to your game first, and. Um, obviously, I think there's another step for our group, um, but very happy the way that we've been we've been playing the last month or so, and uh, yeah, excited excited for the second half. Awesome. Hey, listen, uh, I know this is a fun weekend. Uh, try and have a little sorry to drag you back from the Turks uh, for this, and don't worry, that little red will turn. <laughs> It'll eventually be a tan. Just take care of it. And, and I know the Absolutely. folks at Edmonton uh, and beyond appreciate you dropping in with us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, second leading scorer in the NHL, Leon Dreisaitl. The disdain in your voice when you were talking about a sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, I heard it. Have yeah. you been to Turks and Caicos? Like, I it have, is actually. Yeah, I have. Dreamlike. Yeah, it's wild. In Turks and Caicos. And there's been talk. I don't know if, Sebi, you heard this. Uh, Sean, you heard this. Uh, being a province of Canada, Turks and Caicos, like joining Canada, have you? There's been what? this, uh, like a little, a little scuttlebutt, if you will. A few years ago. No, I heard it warmed up again. Are you joking? Yeah, it literally warmed up. It okay, is. Like, I'm, it is serene. Like I don't even know what the word serene is, but it probably applies to Turks and Caicos. We should have a full population vote on that. Oh, my. if if they become. A part, a province of Canada. Get ready. Can we petition Sportsnet to move to Turks and Caicos? It's done. And then our operations would start. It would be way easier to get guests. Make the most sense. Oh my! Just move Tim and friends down to Turks. Everybody and would want to be in studio. The, the water is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. The beaches are white sand. Yep. You've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Provincial is that the, the name of the, the? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Nice. You, we have a good French accent, so. I don't know what that is. So from that, other than this tan line, or eventual <laughs> tan line, it's kind of a burn line right now. Provincial. Is there anything else? Yeah, very good. Is, is there anything else that jumped out at you? Yeah. Yeah, there is, actually. Uh, I, how close him and Connor have become. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, that's it. And I do wonder, like, I don't know, how important is that? Does that, that really matter? I, I would think that it only helps the, the Can team. Can I tell you? What the, okay, listen, chemistry on the ice, yes. But in Edmonton, where they go on that? What do you mean? Where they go on Dreisaitl and McDavid mm-hmm. being so tight is how could one leave the other mm. if they're that good friends? Right. Well, yeah. And could that keep them in Edmonton long term, close the door, stop this nonsense of either one of them getting frustrated? probably helpful but I, I think, think so. I, I do think though at the end of the day like all of these guys you could be friends with people but that you play for yourself and your own goals and your own priorities and if right. your goal is to win a Stanley Cup or win multiple Stanley Cups and you don't see the current situation that you're in as being the best place for you or whatever your priorities are I, I could see making a change irrespective of the friendship because you can continue that friendship after your career yeah, but hold on. Part of that friendship is you also know that you're probably never going to play with a player as good as that guy. This is a particular circumstance, yeah. Yeah. I, I do, I do th- That I is a particular so. circumstance. Yeah. Like, why would you ever want to leave playing with the other guy? Like, Dreisaitl's probably the best passer in the league, and McDavid's the best player Both in the league, of them. So, They're never yeah. going to play with a better player, right. I don't think. Yeah. So why think. would you want to leave that? Unless um, there's... But... but but there is the outside chance that something happens, there's a fracture in the relationship of some sort, and then... Things get yes. dicey from a, there, right? A bigger right? sunburn? Yes. Like, uh, you get a little bit of a soap opera situation there. I mean, I'm, hopefully that doesn't happen. There's not going to be a soap I'm just saying. You never know. You never know. Yeah, sure. you, you never know. I also like to uh, get to their game first. That yes. pop, Get to their game first. In Edmonton, they know what I'm talking about. That's interesting to hear Dreisaitl say that at the All-Star game when we get to our game first, knowing we can get to our game Cool cat, first. too. Yeah. Really cool. I like the conversations that we have with Leah yeah. and Connor lately. Connor's yeah. been really good with us. Connor was All right, time awesome for a break. Yeah. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Bo Horvat. We'll see if he'll be really good with us. He has been in the past. 
Uh, we had a conversation a little bit earlier today. We will discuss his deal out of Vancouver and reflect on his time with the Canucks. Plus, Kyle Bukowskis catches up with Stuart Skinner. What a great story that is. Best buddy, E-Bug, now at the All-Star Game. You're going to say his name without an accent? Skinner. No. Still to come on this edition of Tim and Friends, Bo Horvat, top of the hour. Michael Grange, second hour on some real juicy rumors surrounding the Toronto Raptors and what they might do at the deadline. Last, uh, last segment, we caught up with Leon Dreisaitl. His Oiler teammate, Stuart Skinner. Okay. Also representing right. Team Pacific <laughs> at the All-Star Game in our own Kyle Bukoskis. Caught up with him, <clears throat> excuse me, Stuart. a short time ago. Kyle, please take it away. <clears throat> So, Stuart, I think this is the first time we've had a chance to chat with you since your buddy Matt Berlin comes in as the e-bug with a couple of minutes to go against Chicago last Saturday. So when you were watching that, what was going through your mind? Yeah, I was uh, just really excited for him uh, to kind of see him go out there. He made his first save in the NHL, which is pretty cool. So a uh, moment that for sure he'll never forget and uh, pretty cool that uh, he got to experience that. Right, so when he sends a text afterwards, like, was he saying, like, did you put everyone, me, up to this, or what was the conversation like? No, I just, uh, I texted him and congratulated him, and uh, he was he was just joking around, saying that, thanks for faking being sick, so letting <laughs> me have this opportunity, so, uh, no, I, uh, it's pretty cool to see him obviously do that, I knew him uh, growing up, we were uh, great friends, and um, always having fun, we, we played for Southside growing up, yeah. um, and uh, we, we would always get in trouble by our captain, Giorgio, because we were always having too much fun before games. So he'd split us up in the dressing room. And was there ever a conversation of, hey, wouldn't it be neat one day if both of us got to wear the Oilers uniform? Or did that ever come up as kids? For sure. I mean, we were both just talking about wanting to play in the NHL. Um, and uh, obviously, we were both huge fans of, uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. We go to Oilers games together. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, something that we've always wanted to do and pretty cool that we both got to do it. Right. So this has been a pretty big year for you, Stuart. I mean, first All-Star appearance. Uh, you just become a father a few weeks ago. How is fatherhood treating you? It's been great. Yeah, I've been loving it. Uh, yeah, we got our uh, little beau um, on uh, January 14th, and uh, it's been amazing. It's been uh just a lot of love in, in the house, so it's been it's been good. Right. So, and I understand you said born seven pounds four ounces, and you yeah. seventy four on the back of your jersey. So, yeah. was any part of you going like, man, maybe this kid is destined to be a goalie too? Or? <laughs> uh, nothing like that. I just thought it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, you, you kind of like, what are the odds of him being seven pounds four ounces? It's uh, you know something uh, something really cool, and we we laughed about it right when we saw it. <laughs> yes, right. So, Stuart, last one for you. Is your first time down here? Any? Goalie, player, anyone you look forward to picking their brain over the next few days? I'm looking forward to picking everyone's brain, to be honest. Kind of just getting to meet everybody and kind of just, you know, say hi and get to know people, see how they are as, uh, just as people, right? And um, uh, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, obviously, as a goalie, I'm excited to meet all the other goalies and uh, just talk to them, see how they are, um, and just have some fun with them. I think it's going to be a great weekend. And uh, We'll, uh, we'll definitely have our fun. All right. Well, congrats for making it down here and enjoy the next few days. Thank you very much. Great. Awesome. A couple things from that. Uh, I know where you're one, going. I know where you're going. Uh, Bukoskis's pipes. Yeah, that was yeah. two. That's obviously the main takeaway. No. Stuart Skinner's stash is that okay. duster puts those pipes <laughs> into perspective real okay. quick. That is a high-quality mustache. That Stuart Skinner rocks. Yeah, but look at the look at the left nah, arm on Kyle. Come on, man. Look at that. What mustache. is that shirt? Look at that's the tightest shirt 
You'll yeah, see. I mean, he's doing that on purpose. I'm more impressed with the mustache than the pipes. <laughs> I had the pipes back in the day. They can leave you real quickly. That mustache will live forever. And three, and that three, what a great run for Stuart Skinner. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that he knew he would be in this spot. Then he gets to an all-star game. Then his good buddy who he grows up with, who is the third string keeper at the University of Alberta, ends up in a game because he's sick in some weird twist of fortune. And then he ends up at the all-star game in Florida on a beach with Kyle Bukowskis in a tight white shirt. Like, that's a pretty good run for Stuart Skinner. It obviously seems like a, a good guy too. And you heard Leon talk about him. They like him. They yeah, they do him. like him. So, good for him. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and what a great story, and good for Kyle to, to highlight it, I'm sure, over the weekend. I mean, listen, Stuart Skinner goes from AHL goalie to playing the best three-on-three NHL Happened quick. this weekend. Very, yeah. that is good. Life that comes at you quickly. fast. Yeah, that, uh, that is quickly. awesome. Uh, still to come, we'll have a full second hour of Tim and Friends. Coming your way, Rash Bidani and Michael Grange will join us. Plus, after the break, Pacific All-Star, though now a member of the Metropolitan Division. Streaming. New York Islanders Bo it feels weird saying New York Islanders Bo Horvat will join us with plenty to talk about that conversation next right here on Tim and Friends. Please stay tuned. I get paid for this. Time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Muchas gracias, Sheepdogs. Back here, hour number two. Tim and friends, Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff, packed hour, Rash Madani in studio talking Tom Brady and looking ahead to the Super Bowl, which he's going to in Arizona. Another person who is going to warm weather. Well, it's going to drop to at least minus 17 tonight here in Toronto. Michael Grange will, not that I'm jealous, Michael Grange will join us exactly one week away from the NBA trade deadline. Where's Michael Grange today? You tell me. Houston. Well, didn't they just have a storm? Plus, Bohart, yeah, they, well, Dallas, Dallas got hit with, the, yeah, but they're big, still big, in the area. Big state. Nah, all right. Big state. Bo Horvat's going to join us, too. <laughs> I think people want to hear from Bo Horvat, so yeah. let's get to it. Yeah. Speaking of All-Stars, by the way, NBA All-Star Reserves will be announced tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Pascal Siakam hopes to be among those selected as the Shea Gilgis Alexander. The All-Star game goes weekend of February 17th in Utah. Utah, obviously. We got a full slate of NBA action on the network tonight. Lakers and Pacers across the country as LeBron, who is questionable tonight, chases Kareem's all-time scoring record. Uh, He's going to do it at home against, I think it's Milwaukee. Tickets are going for 92. We're going to talk about this later. Heat, 92,000. Heat Knicks, Sportsnet now with the Clippers and Bucks later on Sportsnet as well. What a captain's supposed to do. The most important player on the team. Get on the bandwagon. Follow the leader, Bo Horvat. Shot scored! Tipped in front. Bo Horvat again! What a start to this season. The captain's been on a heater for pretty much the entire calendar year. Cutting in, Bo Horvat scores! Everything he touches turns to gold. In the face of all the setbacks the Canucks have had, Horvat just continues to produce. Scoring at an incredible pace. He is just on fire. In front, Horvat scores! The cap. 
Hamilton with his ninth multi-goal game of the season. Tough, gritty player. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. Obviously, he's a leader, a guy that will fit in on any team. The NHL All-Star Media Day continues in Florida, and our next guest just happens to be the most popular man down there, at least among the worst of us, the media. Fresh off of his deal, the newest member of the New York Islanders, Bo Horvat, joins me now. Hey, Bo, I know we've talked hockey a couple hey, times guys. in the past, but, but thanks for dropping in today with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we get into the trade stuff, I, I know you've been around the game for a while. Still fun to head to an all-star game, though. Look behind you, have a beach, maybe you play some hockey. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, with everything going on, um, at least, you know, I got the whole family down here and the sun shining. And um, you know, obviously, we're going to enjoy the, the nice weather, uh, you know, down here in Florida. I know it all starts with the skills competition. Um, maybe I'm projecting here because I'm crap uh but is there any anxiety that comes with any of those like are you the guy that just says like just put me wherever guys like how do you tackle the skills competition yeah no i'm i'm put me wherever uh, yeah. it doesn't matter to me um just i'm just there to take in everything and um i'm sure i'm gonna have my son there so just uh, gonna spend some time with him and and uh, yeah, just enjoy the enjoy the weekend, and um, hopefully I'm in something easier, <laughs> or don't have much to do. Uh, let let all the actual skill guys take take over. I, I know you just did the Disney World thing, as you mentioned, your son and your family. The kids are with you. I, I really like being a dad. I try really hard to be a good dad. Uh, but are the kids old enough to understand like what's going on with Daddy, trade, All Star, any of that? Uh, I think they're still a little young. Yeah. I mean. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to remember this, especially my daughter. She's only nine months, but yeah. uh, Gunner's two and a half. Um, you know, he might remember little bits of it. I'm sure looking back on pictures, he'll remember a lot. But uh, to me, I think, you know, for me, just having them there and having my family here, um, you know, my wife and kids and, and everybody, it's just going to be uh, something that I'll remember forever for sure. So kind of good then, like having to do that conference call and talk to jabronis like me in the media, and you just got the kids like, all right, Daddy, uh, Disney World, it's a small world, the water park, let's go. Yeah, no, it was it was really weird. I mean, I, luckily, I, I mean, I got the call and and uh, and had to do the you know the, the Zoom call with everybody after the park that day, so I didn't get the the call mid uh, mid uh, ride or anything like that. On it's a small world, but um, yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely a surprise, and and um, you know it, it happened you know just kind of out of the blue, um, unexpectedly. So. Um, but, I mean, it, it gave us time to kind of, you know, comprehend what was going on and, and kind of let everything sink in here. Yeah, well, what's been the hardest part of the last couple of days for you? Uh, honestly, trying to enjoy uh, the family vacation with the family, that you know, the little time you get to spend with them and not think about or, or have other things on your mind right now of, of what's going on. So I think that's going to be the hardest part. Um, but, you know, obviously... Uh, you know, over thrilled to, to be part of the organization, the Islanders organization. Um, you know, but uh, also it's it is uh, it's sad to to be leaving the city. I, I grew up, you know, playing in, in uh, the first half of my career, nine years there, and and all the people and friends I've made. Um, it's been tough, and and reflecting back on that, I'm going to cherish a lot of those moments. We just showed your your Instagram. Uh, message to the Canuck fans. Everyone that we've had on here from Vancouver has talked about how much clash you brought to the organization, how much they respected you. Is there part of you that wishes that this all worked out differently? 
Oh, I mean, of course, yeah. Like I, I said it before in the media. I mean, um, you know, I expected to be a Canuck for for life. Um, you know, you you grow up. You know, you get drafted there. You play your first NHL game. You become the captain. You know, you just all those kind of stars are you know aligned to to have a, your full career there. And um, unfortunately, that's just not the way it worked out. And uh, but I mean, it's on to uh, uh, unbelievable organization with with great leadership and and um, you know. Uh, a tight-knit group that uh, hopefully I can fit in really well in and uh, and try to help them make the playoffs and, and go on a little bit of a run here. All right, let's, let's, look, let's look forward then, as I try and speak English. Let's look forward then, Bo Orvat. When the deal, when the yeah. deal was done, I, I said there's a, there's a few C's in that media guide. Like, do you know who you're going to be playing with on the Islanders yet? Um, I know Barzell's got some good passing skills. Uh, that might be fun to play with. Uh, have you figured out where you fit in there? No, I mean, I haven't, uh, honestly, uh, you know, you, you do go through everything in every uh, scenario and every situation, but, you know, for me, wherever they put me, I'm going to be happy, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they have so many great players. Obviously, Barzi's one of them and, and an elite passer, and, you know, if I get the opportunity to play with a guy like him, um, you know, hopefully I can make the most of it and, and put the pucks in the net uh, as best I can if, if, that's, uh, if that's what it's going to come down to. Hey, the journalist in me has to ask, uh, are you close to a new deal? Have you even talked about it? Have you even been able to think about it in between Disneyland and talking to the jabronis like me? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's, that's, uh, that's something that's, that's going to be down the road, I think. Uh, you know, for me, it's just kind of getting my bearings right now and, and uh, you know, focusing on hockey. I'm going to leave that up to, you know, Lou and, and uh, Pat Morris, my agent, to, to kind of figure that out and when that's going to start and stuff. So um, just going to enjoy the weekend right now and then uh, do whatever I can to help the Islanders win. Understood. Now that you're not in the division anymore, will it be easier to play in an all-star game with guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have lots to talk about when we get to the room. And, uh, and I see those guys, um, you know, maybe I can joke around with them a little bit more that we're not playing against each other four, three, four times. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I'm excited to be playing in the East. You know, hopefully uh, the travel's not as bad as the West. And there's still a lot of great hockey players, so I'm going to have to be at my best as well. Yeah, the travel will be a huge difference uh, between where you were and where you are now. Uh, just make sure there's no uh, there's no pro wrestling, NWO, WWE, like Hogan-like heel turn if you guys draw the Metropolitan, right? Like you don't just jump onto the Atlantic side and start playing or on the Metropolitan side and start playing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be different, but uh, it'll be fun. Hey, listen, you've always been good to us. I hope you can say uh, the same about us to you. Wishing you nothing but the best on the island. And uh, even though you're playing outside Canada, door's always open here. Okay, Bo? Thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. There is uh, Bo Horvat of the New York Islanders, Jesse Rubinon. Very weird. Still weird to say. Yeah, still weird to say. Uh, he hasn't played his first game, though he will play for the Pacific. I've been told that he'll be wearing an Islanders reverse retro. That's normal while doing the skills competition tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, they should have held off on the trade, obviously, not to confuge the fans for All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend is a big deal. They don't care about that. <laughs> he looked tired, eh? Like, that was some, 
there is some real life yeah. intertwined in that interview there that we don't often see from at like he looked exhausted oh no question a, a, a disney vacation with yeah. a two and a half year old and a nine month old and then being told that you're traded like that has got to be a very tough sequence of events yeah i mean part of me was hoping to hear that he was like spinning on the teacups or something when he found out that he got traded just to hear the reaction but uh luckily for him he wasn't and he was able to to figure it out i know what my wife would say <laughs> if we got the call <laughs> on, the on the teacups tea can yeah. we not just have the teacups yeah. <laughs> yeah. can we not just have the teacups? Yeah. like poor guy honestly like I you're know. at disney world with two young kids and you've got to go and do a, a conference call with the media and talk, like he looked like he hadn't slept. Yeah, but he's got a playoff chase now to to have for the rest of the regular season, which I'm sure is very exciting for him. Yeah, and I listen. Like I know I asked about Barzell, and you could tell by his eyes that he probably hasn't had those conversations yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, and there are a few C's on that media guide, but if they don't pair Barzell, who is a wonderful passer with Horvat, then they've goals. lost the plot, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Whether it's power play time or beyond, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you have to. Right. That's the whole point. That's the whole a point of you getting a guy who has 31 goals Unless we're, like, massively point. overthinking this or right. underthinking, whatever. You know what I mean. I know exactly what yeah. you mean, and I have a feeling that they're going to see a lot of time yeah. together. So, Bo Horvat here, does he think anything from, you think anyone from Vancouver has any issue with what we just heard from Bo Horvat like I think no. we kind of sort of put all that to bed now, no right? I think like, it's standard Bo Horvat just being a, a solid pro and literally everything that he does on the ice off the ice everything's classy he obviously enjoyed his time in Vancouver said he wished you know he was there or not wished but thought he was going to be there for a much longer time but you know he's just named captain so yeah <laughs> well, not long yeah that's yeah. <laughs> true uh, speaking yeah. of classy Coming up next, oh, my friend that. and yours, Arash Madani, might already be in studio, and that's why I said that. However, he will join us and look back on Tom Brady's GOAT career, plus the start of the Super Bowl look ahead before Arash jumps on a plane for Arizona in Super Bowl week. But I'm jealous. Weather is the theme today. Weather is this. Yeah. Weather's the theme. Very jealous. Tune Friends continues with a friend in studio. Rash Madani has joined us yes. in the fray. What's going on? Oh, look at that shirt. Always coming in with a quality shirt. Randy Straight Moss. Cash. Homie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the classics of all time. That might be among the more quotable quotes in oh, the history. Oh, absolutely. Like right behind practice. Straight cash homie might be number two. If we did a top I'm here, five. so I won't get fined. Fine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another right really good one. We should do a top five. Best At Tim and Friends, best sports quotes of all time. We talking about practice. Straight cash homie. I'm just here so I won't get fined. There's a few of them. There's a few of them. It, the part of the straight cash homie thing that's fun is that he got fined 10 grand for like spraying water at a ref. And so this is before social media and whatever, like the local like ABC affiliate in Minneapolis tracks moths down in the parking lot of the facility. <laughs> yes. And 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 Randy's like, what's ten grand to me? <laughs> and and the camera guy's like, how are you gonna pay for it, Randy? He said, straight cash, homie. <laughs> uh, you play We're talking about to win practice. the game. Hello? Yeah. 
You don't you just play it to play it. <laughs> we should do a whole segment on it. We just stumbled on something because I think this is a wonderful. What are, what are you working on these days? I know you're headed to the Super Bowl, and I'm kind of sort of jealous. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, first one since just before COVID okay. uh, that we're, we're back in the mix. We're back in person. Um, the last time I was at a Super Bowl, we were on the field interviewing Laurent Duvarney. Tardif. Wow. Dr. Duvarney Tardif. That seems like a long time ago, my dude. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a month later, he cut short his vacation, and two months later, he was an orderly in a senior's home in Quebec. Uh, so Unbelievable journey. He's written a book about it. In fact, he, he brought the book in yeah. here, and he talked about the book. We have a copy. <laughs> and his boy Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, they're, they're back, back in the Super Bowl. Uh, so what are you working on for the Super Bowl? I know we're going to talk Super Bowl after uh, what we get to next, which is Tom Brady. But mm-hmm. I guess uh, let's look forward just for a, a split second. What, what, what's what's going to be on the slate? Well, it, it's funny. When we think about dynasty in sports, you would never think a team after its second ring could be classified as a dynasty. And part of the problem is Tom Brady's ruined it for everybody in pro football. <laughs> yes. But Kansas City has hosted five straight AFC championship yeah. games. They're going to their third Super Bowl in five years with a chance to win another. So the, the D word now hovers around all the changes in case he had to reinvent itself. Mm-hmm. But it's Andy Reid, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Chris Jones. Yeah. Boom. Uh, that nucleus. And for the first time ever, it's two black quarterbacks facing one another. And I know this sounds insane, but when Doug Williams became the first black starting quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl, at that time, there were open questions among talent evaluators in professional football that wondered, does a black man have the intellect to play the position? Unbelievable. Think about that. Yeah, and it's not it's within our life. Oh, sure. <laughs> like like it's, not in the no. like in the color television era. Yes. You know? Like, yes, it's within our life that we actually heard people have those conversations. Out loud. Out loud. And that was okay. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do that. At, I don't know if it was okay, but it, <laughs> at the time it, it was, was it was tolerated by many. It was tolerated by many. Yeah. Uh, incredibly. Another piece we're doing, I'm it gets a little nerdy. But I'm of the belief that you never, unless you're in a market like Cincinnati, you never pay your quarterback. You never give one player 20%, 18%, 15% of your salary cap, and you'll never win. Mm -hmm. And again, the Tom Brady thing skews that. However, outside him, it's just Mahomes. And he didn't. He didn't get it on his yeah. on his big money. He yeah. won his first one on his rookie contract. He's, he's been to a few championships, yeah. and he's back to another one. But yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I, and, and I think Donovan Bennett is on the same page. Like, if you pay your quarterback, can you afford to surround him with the kind of talent that gets you Super Bowls? It's a wonderful question. Speaking of talent at quarterback, yes, uh, we had the and the guy who ruined it all for everybody. Yeah, the, the retirement again. The retirement again. And I was, try- like, I was trying to think about Brady's career and how it's relatable. Like when he broke into the NFL, mm-hmm. nobody had a smartphone. Like we were in the flip phone era. <laughs> nice. Wi-Fi Star did time. not exist. Forget social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you could not send an email on a phone when Tom Brady entered the National Football League. Wait, snake crazy. though. Snake was a Snake, fun game. Yeah. yeah, Snake. Snake was a good game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Minefield, what was that called? Yeah. 
I don't know, oh, there's bricks the, too. Yeah, well, brick yeah. breaker. Brick, brick, brick breaker. Brick Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you think about Tom's career. Brick breaker was after, because that was on. That was on the the Blackberry. That was on the Blackberry. That was a couple yeah, Super Bowl. That was a couple Super Bowls in. Yeah, it was a couple Super Bowls yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we keep interrupting you. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one that was. With Minesweeper. Minesweeper was. That yeah. was the one. Yeah. Mind that was old. <laughs> that was really old. Mindsweeper's really old. Oh, the kids have no idea what we Rick went through. Rick Breaker yeah. may have been when T.O. said I wasn't the one who got sick in the huddle. <laughs> maybe that was Maybe that was that too. That's that nice. Philly loss to Tom Brady. Yeah. Was there. And so all these years and all these eras, Tom Brady played against the sons of dudes he was teammates with and went up against. Yeah. And... It's amazing because of how accomplished he is, yet there's so much of a complication to the football life of Tom Brady um, as he said goodbye a second time yesterday. It was a football journey that took him from backing up Drew Henson in college to the most awkward 40-yard dash in NFL history and then those improbable Super Bowl finishes. Not once, not twice, but three times. And of all the influences Tom Brady has had along the way, maybe the most telling was the old equipment manager at Michigan. John Falk won more than 30 championships in Ann Arbor, and as legend goes, every day Brady would walk into the locker room and ask Falk, Big Johnny, which of your rings is your favorite? And every time the reply was the same. My favorite ring is the next one. The next one. Of everything we've gotten to know about Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, in as polarizing a career as anyone in the history of modern sport has had, that mindset, the next one, may very well define the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. It's a career that mirrors the rise and fall of an empire, and then a rise, fall, and rise again. His opportunity came on a trajectory-altering hit by an opponent he'd owned the rest of his days. And everyone in the world thought they'd take a knee against the greatest show on turf until Brady marched them down the field to begin the run of the Super Bowl. Kick is on the way, and it is good! dueled with an adversary for some of the great playoff battles in football history, and Tom owned Peyton for much of it. And then, then the baby brother entered stage right. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. The New York Giants have knocked off the New England Patriots. They get a final stand on the great Tom Brady. But nobody could take down Tom Brady for long. The Empire faced dead ends with Eli, Tyree, and Manningham. There was a speed bump with the ACL tear, but the next year, another run to the Super Bowl followed. And there was a thought, maybe Deflategate would take him down. The four-game bogus suspension to boot. Brady answered all of that by taking a 28-3 deficit in the Super Bowl and turning it into the comeback for the ages. Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! 12 was it. Not just face of the franchise, but poster boy for the Patriot way. 
even as Rome slowly burned within the walls at Gillette. Belichick and Brady were the league's lead villains. There was Spygate, all of those gates, creating a lazy narrative around the dynasty that they'd built. Cries that they're cheaters from opposing fans and pundits and especially jealous opponents who seemingly never had an answer. The next one. Always about the next one. And at the back end of his career, doing it on his own terms to get there. Jimmy G arrived in town to be the heir apparent, and Tom went on the offensive for himself. The cracks in New England revealed themselves. The division between he and Belichick grew as Brady more and more became his own man and his own brand. There was the TB12 method, skipping voluntary workouts, publicly revealing displeasure in Shangri-La. You feel appreciated by them, and do they have the appropriate gratitude for what you have achieved? I plead the fifth. <laughs> it was as if we were watching the steps to the divorce unfold before our very eyes. In the end there, as abrupt as it was inevitable, but Tom wasn't fading into the sunset. There was another one, the next one to go get. So, Tampa and more of a say in personnel, and Bruce Arians being the anti-Belichick. In the Super Bowl, Brady and Gronk turned back the clock like it was 2011 all over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. The next one, the last one, was ring number seven. Super Bowl MVP at age 43, and no shortage of avocado tequila. Here's the intrigue. When you've spent your life in pursuit of the next one as the best one, what now? The next career for 10 years will be in the broadcast booth at a payday of nearly $400 million. But will that actually fulfill what Brady wants? It feels as if so many of the cracks in his own empire began to reveal over the last year. The announcement of a divorce, the empty playoff performance at home against Dallas, and the realization that even for Tom Brady, father time remains undefeated. In the end, if we're being real, his on-field play this past season was a shell of what it had been even a year or two prior. And that's why you probably believe him when he told us that this time, it's for good. There are only three athletes ever in North American pro sports who without debate are the GOAT in their game. MJ, Tiger, and Tom. He'll forever be the measure for quarterbacks, the standard bearer for football greatness. There won't be a next one for him. Then again, there will never be another quite like Tom Brady ever again. You're so right. There's no debate. Like, it's just GOAT. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So will he be good on TV then? <laughs> There's no debate there. Go to broadcast. Yeah, do you think he's going to be good? Because that's a lot of money to pay, dude. So, Tom Brady's been in the public eye since the 90s, and yet it feels like we know nothing about his personality. 
he has been a robot this entire time. Yeah, I mean, there's been attempts on social media, but as Jesse and I had this conversation, like he'll hit home runs on social media. He'll sure. also have like cringe-worthy yeah. moments. Of course, where he's, he's below the so Mendoza hard. line. He's, he's under the Mendoza line. It's like yes. his <laughs> combine 40-yard dash. <laughs> exactly, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just can't see Tom being bad at something. Right. And I think he'll over-prepare, unlike the other quarterback in the booth right now. Right. Because he, he'll want to have the answers to the test beforehand. Right. But I don't know if that will make him great in the booth. Or it'll be, it'll be like me where there's so much information that you're overwhelmed by it. <laughs> That's what it could be. What do you got there? Uh, just don't Raptors say. information. Raptors information. Yeah. NFL they lose again. NHL information. Yeah. yeah. Some rumors in there that we'll get to with Michael Grange. You're going to stick around for that. Yes, sir. Jesse, I know you got a little bit here. We got, yeah, we got an update on uh, quarterbacks. Uh, we mentioned it's been 35 years since Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And this year's game will feature two black quarterbacks for the very first time. Earlier today, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts spoke about the significance of the matchup. To be on the world stage um, and uh, have two black quarterbacks uh, starting in the Super Bowl, I think it's special. And I've learned more and more about the, the history of the black quarterbacks since I've been in this league. And uh, uh, the guys that came before me and, and Jalen set the stage for this. And now I'm just glad that we can kind of set the stage for guys that are uh, kids that are coming up now. It is history. You know, it's come a long way. I think there's only been seven um, African-American quarterbacks to play in the Super Bowl. So, um to be the first for some is, is pretty cool, so I know it'll be a good one. Cool customer. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, cool customer. Both he, of them. He was on the Travis and Jason Kelsey New Heights podcast mm-hmm. two months ago. Something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talked about Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick and Steve McNair, like dudes he looked up to, dudes that he wanted to be like. Yeah. And it feels like when you watch Jalen Hurts play, mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of each into the blender. Yeah. 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 And that's what you got with Jalen. Yeah, and that's the evolution of the position, too. Sure. You take that a little bit of here, a little bit there, a little bit here, and that's what you have in both of these quarterbacks. You're running 11 times a game. Speaking of quarterbacks, we have some video that I want to show you particularly uh, wearing the purple shirt because I know that you are a Minnesota Vikings fan. This who better wants- not be the pro-am. Who once, came in, Beach. who once came into this studio and popped a bottle of champagne because you thought Aaron Rodgers was leaving the division. Here's Aaron Rodgers uh, at the it. Pebble Beach. Pro I Man. knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. Hi, Cole. Got any news you want to share with us? Not going to San Fran. <laughs> he is insufferable. <laughs> I cannot stand him. He's not, not funny. Let yeah. me explain why he's insufferable. <laughs> because Arash Madani, I kept the bottle, came in here Very and good. popped this Prosecco. On draft day. <laughs> you thought he was leaving the division. Maybe draft this year. Draft day 2021, Maybe I think year. it was. You know what I think yes. would be amazing? I think it would be amazing if he goes back. Go to Green Bay. Take up fifty million bucks oh, in cap room. I not go play Detroit again, Week 18. He goes. He goes to the Jets. He's going to the Jets. And it's the pure yeah. Brett Favre. Oh, yeah. Same old thing. All right, listen. Can you stick around for a while? Sure. That'd be awesome. Jesse's gonna stick around. I'll stick around. We hope you stick around because on the other side, we shift our focus to our focus to basketball and the NBA deadline now just a week away, and some rumors swirling around the Toronto Raptors at least more. Then before, Michael Grange will join us. We'll take stock of where the Raptors are as we hit that deadline. Plus, some amazing seasons for Canadians in the NBA next on Timothy.
Tim and friends are Ashton Danny, Tim McAlpin, and Rubinoff here with you. A packed night of NBA action coming your way on Sportsnet. First up, LeBron and the Lakers against Benedict Mathurin, or Benedict Matherin. And the Pacers 7 Eastern immediately following us. Then Sportsnet now, RJ Barrett, Knicks, host Kyle Lowry in the Heat. Those two separated by just two games in the Eastern Conference heading in. Later, it's Kawhi and the Clippers facing Yanni and the Bucks. This one, Sportsnet, 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 Pacific. That's a late start in Milwaukee. Uh, let's take a look at the odds powered by Bet Rivers. Lakers favored by two against the Pacers. Heat slight favorites against the Knicks. The Cavs hosting the Grizzlies favored by five and a half with the Grizz on the second half of back-to-backs. Bulls six-point favorites against the Hornets. Luka and the Mavs host the Pelicans favored by four and a half total for two high-scoring teams, 223. And the Nuggets huge 12-point favorites over the Warriors after Golden State played last night. And again, the Bucks four points against the Clippers. Yanni probable in that one. It's a whole new game. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. And remember, as always, please play responsibly. Uh, speaking of responsibly, Michael Grange wrote a couple of columns over the last couple of days that were very responsible. I agree with Arash that. Yes, Madani, sir. And very, very interesting. And he joins us now from a hotel in Houston. Michael, welcome back to the show, first off. Thanks for having me. Hello, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you're moving. No idea. Yeah, it feels like you're moving around on this road trip a little bit. Uh, Spe speaking of Detroit, you brought up Luca. Yeah. See Luca chirping at oh, Dwayne yeah. Casey and people on the Detroit bench getting upset, and afterwards Casey's like, "I was around Gary Payton and KG. That was like <laughs> child's play compared to what <laughs> I'm." Those used guys to. are on his on his team. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. So, Mike, listen. We played some clips from Chris Haynes earlier. I'm a firm believer on the where there's smoke, there's fire, or at least let's investigate the fire. I wonder. I know you talked to OG Ananobi uh, before this road trip took place. We reported it on this show. I thought it was a wonderful piece, and it gave you a little bit of insight on a guy who's kind of in the rumors. But. Has your opinion changed on what the Raptors may do over the last couple of days as we get closer to this deadline? I wouldn't say over the last couple of days. I think the one development in that period that has maybe given a little bit more momentum to the idea of the Raptors being willing to part with OG Ananobi, and I'm not saying they are, but I mean they're certainly listening to opportunities, um, has been the emergence of Presses Chichua. And, you know, I think when you're talking about moving on from a guy like OG, like obviously you're doing it because you think you can really add tremendous value to your program because of what he would bring to almost any team he joins. The fact that you have a guy like Precious and how well he's played since he's got back up to speed following his injury, you can kind of maybe talk yourself into that, you know, you you, you can you can weather that that storm that 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 the the hole in the lineup is not going to be so big that it's not going to, it's going to be overwhelming. Um, that's the one thing I'd say over a longer period of time, I've become more and more convinced that Gary Trent Jr. is probably going to stay with the Raptors. Um, mm. Not, that's not, nothing is set in stone. I mean, he could be included in a trade for all kinds of reasons. I mean, he would fit on a lot of rosters as well, but I think when you look at what he's brought to the Raptors, I think where he might, be able to get in free agency what the Raptors think they might be able to sign him for you can see the fit going forward what do you think the gap is Grange between what the Raptors think they can get Trent for and what he would get in free agency 
I don't think there's that much of a gap. And, and I've kind of went into this in, in some of this, the stuff I've written is I'd say one, you know, sometimes Bobby Webster and Messiah Jury, they, they get knocked because some of the free agent signings haven't been all that great. One thing they've done really well is assess the market for their own free agents. And so, you know, I can go back to two or three times that Kyle Lowry went to the market ended up coming back to Toronto because this was the best place for him. Fred Van Vliet had that experience twice. He may have it again this summer. And so Gary Trent Jr., I think, and this has been a consistent theme. And again, he's won a lot of uh, fans within the organization, the way he's handled everything this year, as as well as how he's played. Um, you know, they can kind of look at what, who's out there, look who might be looking to pay and feel confident that, you know what, we can make a really good offer that's going to respect Gary Trent and uh, keep a good young player in-house for a couple more years at least. So I, I think, you know, out in the open market, you know, maybe Gary's looking at four years 80, maybe a little bit more than that. I think here in Toronto, maybe he gets, you know, they, they do him a solid and do four years 90. Hmm. Again, that, those are just sort of ballpark figures that I've kind of sussed out through triangulation more than anything. But, you know, I think, the you know, the idea, I'd say the, the one thing that I think – I feel confident saying is if he goes free agency, this notion that, you know, he's going to be Tyler Hero and be getting 140 million or uh, Jordan Poole and 130 million. I don't think that's realistic because keep in mind, both of those players were extended with their own teams right. and over and over again, the best way to get paid is to stay with the team you're on. You're on. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pick out a scab of Toronto Raptor fans, but apologize before I do it. You're talking about free agency and, you know, I heard Sham Sharania talk about the name Cam Johnson in Phoenix tied to the Toronto Raptors. Um, DeAndre Ayton has been tied to the Toronto Raptors. Windhorse today or suggesting that young players is what the Raptors would be looking back uh, in return if they were to move on from OG Ananobi. And I just keep thinking, Mike, uh, it, d does the Toronto Raptors brass worry about what they would be able to do with cap room and that's why it's young players that they would want in return moving forward because let's be honest here it has still been a real struggle to get high quality free agents that haven't already seen the city resigning their own guys to come to Toronto and Canada I think that's a fair observation I would I would counter it with a couple of points one is league-wide Outs, if you're planning to build your team with free agents or through free agency, good luck. And because over and over again, the, the standard move is for players to sign in their own sign in their own market. You get the extra year, you get the eight percent raises, and that's the best way for you to get the biggest dollar. And then if you really don't want to stick around, you stamp your feet, and it's been shown that you can get moved. Right. Um, so I think so. So there's just not enough quality players typically on the marketplace to kind of go down that route. But all of that said, I think you're right. I think, you know, the best examples, and, and again, this is maybe a little bit of a sore point, is you had Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka and Marcus All, who had, you could have had a better experience here in Toronto. You, you, you won a title, you saw the fan base engaged at a level you'll almost never see anywhere else. And when the opportunity came, they moved on. And, um, you know, in at least two of those cases, I think in the end it was probably a good thing for the Raptors. But certainly in Kawhi Leonard's case, they would have loved to have him for another couple of years at least. And, you know, it's it's nothing – it's not a disrespect or anything to Toronto. This same conversation would be had in at least 20 markets in the U.S. Uh, as compared to Miami, 
the LA's, maybe the New York's, and that's about it. <laughs> you know, the Texas state, the Texas teams because they have tax advantages, the Florida teams because they have tax advantages. But otherwise, you know, Memphis has to think this way. Indiana yeah. has to feel, think this way. Uh, okay, you know, the see. city I'm in Houston sometimes. You know, like these are obviously smaller markets, but but I mean, there's a lot of good markets that have to make those same kind of uh, go down those the, that same line of thinking. Right. And I think the the lone caveat in that could be Brooklyn. That might be the only outlier oh, in that entire. But like you know, you think back to the teams that have won championships since LeBron left Miami, and effectively they are homegrown title winners outside of 2016. But lots LeBron going back <laughs> yeah. to Cleveland with Kyrie and K-Love already there. Like so, it's it's one of those situations. Yeah, Mike, you're bang on. Like you have to build from within and then maybe add a piece. Have we lost Michael Grange? It's it's the most sustainable model. You 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 hope hopefully you draft a star uh and some good role players and then as you go along, you know, maybe you, you do something with the mid level and add that 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 special piece, that extra piece to take you over the top. But um you know I I, I don't see any of that Put it this way, whatever Toronto is pivoting to, there are no obstacles to them becoming a championship team. Right. It's been shown they mm -hmm. can do it. Uh, there's other markets with less to offer that can do it. It's just a matter of being decisive and being aggressive and, and getting lucky. And I think that's maybe why, like, that OKC, that Memphis, that New Orleans now being tied to Toronto because they're at that level where, hey, we know we can't do it in free agency. Maybe we go out and add pieces that we know can help the team in, say, a Fred Van Vliet, in, say, an OG and an OB. So there's kind of just some common sense being tied to this, but uh, all the more juicy. Uh, listen, that Houston Wi-Fi, forget the Winnipeg Wi-Fi, the Houston Wi-Fi is getting us a little bit, Mike. Always appreciate you joining us, though, and we will continue to pump the stories at sportsnet.ca. There is Michael Grange. In Houston, bidding us adieu. I thought we lost him there for a second. Yeah, so I, I just did decided too. to cut it short. Grange is like gold platinum status. All the nights he's on the road. Yeah, maybe he clicked the maybe he clicked the basic instead of the premium. I was thinking about as Grange was was mentioning that. How different is it if you're a small market anymore in sports in a social media world, and where shoe deals matter? And I know they're not apples and apples, but Kansas City and Cincinnati just played an AFC title game where 53 million Americans watched, and that's 11% more. KD got a big shoe deal when he was in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Giannis uh, has one in Milwaukee. Giannis has one in Milwaukee. Yeah. He's got a Google deal. All, and that's one thing Magic Johnson ran into when he took over the, the Lakers. He thought, well, okay, I'll just bring guys to Hollywood. Like, it's a big deal being in L.A. It's not as much as it used to be in Irvin's era. And I just wonder if you've got a good team, if you've got Zion in New Orleans and you're starting to roll and you got some things there. They had AD in New Orleans and it never happened. But they had nothing around him. I know, but like I keep, I think I thought the same way as you. I did. Like five years ago, I was thinking this could be the end of it. This new era where everyone sees everything. It hasn't come to fruition. Milwaukee won two years I ago. I know, but those were homegrowns and good trades. Sure. Right? Like... It wasn't like, I mean, I guess one free agent signing in the mix. Like, it's not like they went out. They had Giannis, who is the megastar. The megastar, and they drafted him, and that's you, how they got it. You need it. to draft the megastar. Yeah, you need the megastar, period. 
Yes. In the NBA. But in a small market, you have to draft them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Unless right. you happen to have been born in Akron. And this is the, this is the, the beauty of and you want to go home the Toronto Raptors right. situation. Is like, I think they were trying to figure out if they had that guy on this team. They don't. And I think that's the answer they came to. I think that's why we're going to see multiple players moved. Yeah. The, the Raptors have had one megastar since Vince left. That was Kawhi Leonard. That was Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And that was a lottery ticket because it was an unknown because of the injury. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And Kawhi never wanted to be here. That was a trade. Uh, there's some uh, Canadians doing some work in the NBA. We might get to that in game time. Uh, one last break. Game time next with Jesse Rubinoff. Lakers, Pacers coming up. Rashmidani sticking around for game time. And so is Randy Moss. Well, at least Straight cash. <laughs> at least out of shirt. Danny McAuliffe and Rubinoff hoping your game day starts with us here at Tim and Friends. A great night in the NBA. NHL might be on the All-Star break, but we got you covered. Coming up in minutes on Sportsnet, Lakers and Pacers, a chance for the nation to see Benedict Matherin take on LeBron James. He ain't scared of nobody, that's why I say Benedict Matherin take on LeBron James. Heat and Knicks on Sportsnet now, and the Clippers and Bucks Sportsnet to round out the night. Here we go. LeBron James will continue his pursuit of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record tonight as the Lakers visit the Pacers. LeBron is currently 89 points away from breaking the record. After tonight, the Lakers will visit the Pelicans on Sunday before heading home to face the Thunder Tuesday and the Bucks on Thursday. Then they're back on the road against the Warriors. Our friends at Bet Rivers have posted odds on which game LeBron will break the record. Tuesday's game against OKC is plus 125, while Thursday's game against the Bucks, which is also on national TV in the States, <laughs> is the Why favorite. Why you mention that, Jesse? At minus 150. Oscar winning performance yeah, last Saturday man. against Boston. I, I told him he was going to score 117 at the Mecca and do it in New York. Uh, but Arash, when do you think he'll do it? Yeah, I, I like that Saturday night yeah. Yeah, nationally televised game. Um, and against Giannis, too. That, that makes a ton yeah. of sense. Well, Thursday TNT. He's right. been extremely dramatic lately, obviously, with the, the no foul call against the Celtics. So mm -hmm. is he going to do a skyhook on the Well, he's been practicing. Have you seen needs? video? There's been video of him practicing the skyhook on the floor at there home. You go. There right you go. There. We have the video of him practicing some skyhook. I guarantee you he will try and do something of the sort. To honor Kareem. Let me just throw this at you. But that's like from 20 feet out. Like, Cap would be like kind of hovering around the paint. Yeah, like, no. It seems like he's messing around more than he's working on something. Uh, I, I would need odds, though. On the skyhook? Yeah, like I was going to say, would you put your money where your mouth is on this one or your Prosecco uh, maybe on the line if he breaks it with the skyhook? Kareem, break it with this. That's a LeBron thing to do. It would be a very douchey LeBron <laughs> thing to do. By the way, like two games out of any sort of playoff spot, and he's timing this up, sitting out games for a nationally televised TNT game. In L.A. In L.A. Kareem's record. It's cut. You, you it's know cut. What I it's really, so LeBron. Yeah, it's very cut. How, is how pissed is Kareem that LeBron's <laughs> yeah, doing He won't say that, but yeah. he is. Uh, all right, it's a matchup with two of the NBA's hottest teams in the second game of our doubleheader on Sportsnet as the Clippers visit the Bucks. 
Both teams finally getting healthy. The Clippers have won six of their last seven games, while the Bucks have won seven of their last eight. It's a 10 p.m. Eastern start yeah. time, nine local in Milwaukee. So the question is, Tim, cut or uncut, a 9 p.m. tip-off on a school night? That's <laughs> uh, uncut. I think I got really? kids at home. Yeah, no, listen. First off, I think we start games too early. People have to get, I think people are working again and stuff, and sometimes it takes a little while to get to the game. You know, the 7 o'clock can be tight. I understand that. And I don't mind the long night. I, I don't mind it at all. Like, even if, even with, I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. I don't mind if they stay up late for that special occasion. Now, if you have season's tickets, maybe that pisses you off and you're going all the time. But for me, I have no problem. That's part of the joy. Get Staying home at up late. o'clock in the morning. Don't get home at 1 o'clock. Yes, NBA. It's a two-hour, two-and-a-half hour game. Well, NBA. not everybody lives downtown. It's Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> what else do they have to do? <laughs> you bunch drive of to Packer Green fans, yeah. bunch of yeah. backwater, <laughs> hillbillies. <laughs> I'm, I'm stunned Says by that Says the answer. Vikings fan. Understand the context, <laughs> yeah. please, before someone writes in <laughs> ignorantly. All right, staying with basketball, uh, check out this video from high school game in North Dakota during a halftime promotion. Seventh grader J.J. Franks had a chance to win $10,000 by making a layup, a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot in under 25 seconds. All four in under 25. So how old is this kid? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. So that's 12. 12, yeah. You can't miss any of these. Yeah, there's no margin for error here. <laughs> oh that man, is that so is outstanding. Cool. And the best part is the like the ten grand is very good. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But the best part is that kid's got this on tape for the rest of his life Correct. when he gets mobbed at the end. That's so awesome. Uh, do you, either of you think that you could do that? And for the record, he he has said that uh, he's going to use the proceeds for part of college. Yes. Yeah. It's the states. It's so the states. it's a so smidge it's of garbage. One percent. Right. Maybe like with a good. I like this. I like the heave. Yeah. Just One hand. football throw. Boom. Touchdown. Touchdown. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, no, I don't think any of us can do that. Not yeah, no, no, Maybe no, in no your chance. prime. No chance. You talk up your athletics. No chance. Cabby once filmed us. It was 25 a, seconds? Yeah. 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 We were trying to hit a half-court shot, and it took us forever. Me, Sid, and Cabby, and it took us forever to get a half-court shot down. Whatever the tennis equivalent is, though, you could do that. What would it I be? What it would be. Wow. Probably have to like set up a can at the tee, wide, right. narrow. Ace. Power forehand. Yeah, you could do that. Let's Two set hand it up. Backhand? Let's yeah. set it up. That's content. Forehand better than backhand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when I play you, I know where to go. That does it for us. Thanks for dropping by. I, I always tell like cocking sports with you. Straight cash, huh? Uh, <laughs> <Rashford> Danny, <laughs> Jesse Rubinoff, Lakers and Pacers coming up next. Thank you for watching. Please join us tomorrow. Mitch Marner will as well. <laughs>